Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. The first day of the month of Adar. Known as Reish Chedish, the head of the month. We, as Kal Yisrael, as Jewish nation, go according to the lunar calendar. Reish Chedesh is the time when the new moon begins to come back into fruition. The moon is born, known as the Meilid. Similarly, the Jewish nation has its times, Whereas the time of Shlema HaMelech, where the world was ruled by Shlema and the Jews, and then unfortunate times where the Jews are Rahman al-Islam discarded. Not, I don't ever want to discuss quote-unquote current events. I'm not going to discuss the rampant anti-Semitism going on. I'm not going to discuss the, the Holocaust deniers and all these other stupidities. Just the fact we are Am Yisrael and although there are times where we look so, so small like only the Meilid, or even less than that before the Meilid. We are always Hashem's nation. We always will be Hashem's nation. We are always one. And the aspiration of this nation is unity. Ishechad, Belevechad. with the battle cry of Nasa Venishma. Each person united together as one, and our battle cry we shall do and we shall hear. First we will do, and then explain to us. But the general approach, not attitude, the approach that a Yid has to Torah and Mitzvahs, this is the dual and end all of our lives. A person needs to have complete and total abnegation, dedication, devotion to Hashem, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in every which way, form or fashion. Now, different times of the year, different Avedis that we are given. The month of El 
awakens tshuva, repentance. Tishrei, we go into the, the high holidays of Shani and Kippur, but we culminate that month with Sukkot with Simchas with the dancing and the joy of Tera, where it's not sufficient to sit by a table and discuss a Tera thought. It's not enough to sit by a table and put your hand on the table, bang on the table, or sing along. Where the mitzvah is to stand up and dance. And to dance and dance until you feel you can't anymore, and then dance just one more. Taking our entire essence, our entire being, lifting it up in dance and enjoy to devotion and dedication to Hashem, to Akadosh Baruch Hu. Marbim Besimcha. When other comes in, we usher in the month of other, we intensify our joy. The expression should be Mishnichlas other. Yesh Lismayach. We should be happy. It's a joyous month, a joyous month. And we should have joy and happiness in the month. Marbim Besimcha implies to add. In order to add to something, we have to have something there before. When we have something there before, we add to it. Say, Yalav Yahweh, to say that I'm just having joy, I'm just having a, a coffee. I'm having a coffee. When you walk into the person's room office and you see that there's a bunch of empty cups of coffee in either the receptacle or on his desk still, and the person says, I'm having another coffee, you know that he's adding this to a, a substantial amount of caffeine that has already been ingested before. When you come and see <laughs> a person with a, a plate of chicken bones from chicken wings, and there's a slew of them, and they said, I'm just going to have a few more wings. You know, he's adding to the ones that he had before. When I tell you I'm taking the first piece, the first coffee, the first piece of chicken, the first piece of chocolate, whatever it is, and I, <coughs> I'm having a chicken, I'm having a piece of chicken, I'm having a piece of chocolate, I'm having a coffee. This coffee or chocolate or whatever it is is not joining a prior ingestment. But when we say Mishinichlas other Marbim Besimcha, we should add in joy. That means I'm adding from yesterday. From the last day of Chavtes Shvat. 
the 29th day of Shvat, I was happy. On Lamed Shvat, which is Aleph to Rishchidosh Adar, the first day of Rishchidosh Adar, I'm adding to that. And then Aleph Adar, I'm adding to that, and base Adar, etc., etc., etc. So where do we take the concept of Simcha? David Amalek says in Tilim, we say it every day after the Baruch Shamar, weekday at least, not Shabbos, Ivdu es Hashem b'simcha. A person needs to serve God with Simcha. We've spoken in the past, there's Ava, and there is Yira, love and fear. There are different ways that a servant serves his master. Either because they love their master or because they fear their master. When the servant loves their master, everything they do is right. Everything they're asked is right. It's yes, Master, it's my pleasure to do so. Thank you for asking me. Thank you for choosing me. Because I love my Master. And obviously this servant would never ever leave unless sent away. Mashiach came. The servant that serves out of fear and trepidation worried that they may be punished for something they did or didn't do yet or didn't complete yet that servant at his first opportunity will book it will will be gone gone with the wind We are told to serve God with both fear and love. But regardless if we fear God, or if we love God, or if we are managing to intertwine (coughs) the two emotions, fear and love, it all needs to be done with joy. If do as Hashem, Besimcha, you serve God with joy. Mishenichnas Adar, once the month of Adar comes in, begins, Marbim Besimcha, we begin to add with intensity the Simcha, the joy. So when it came in, starting yesterday, the first day of Shkedish, today of Shkedish, Aleph, other came in. What do I need to be doing now? I need to find a reason to be happy, to rejoice, 
I say Maidani in the morning, that makes me happy because I know that I have my Neshama returned to me. I walked out of my house, I walk in the street, I go to shul, I go to do whatever I have to do, I eat my breakfast. I am happy because HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave me the opportunity to do so. But this is not a complacency. This is not a mission of just being satisfied with my lot. Who is a right? Who is a wealthy man? One who is satisfied with their lot. <coughs> Here we are insisting on the true joy, true inner joy that makes us smile that makes us dance, and that makes us want to sing and dance, clap our hands. We need to add simcha as other comes in, but it doesn't say only on Rishchidish, it doesn't say other simcha, like you have the opposite venue, when it comes to Tishabav or something like that day, where we need to, God forbid, mourn for certain for certain things that happen. Here it's joy, utter joy and simcha that we need to have throughout, not through the day of Rishchidosh only throughout the month of other. And we need to add that every single day more simcha than the day before. Sounds a little bit of a far-fetched mission to embark upon, to be happier and happier every day. So I'll tell you then, my friends, that this year, (coughs) Baruch Hashem, the month of other is twice. We have two times other, other Aleph and other Beis. So when do we add the Simcha? Today. We start from today and every single day through other Aleph and other base, 60 days worth of intensifying Simcha, of adding joy. <coughs> That's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And when we dance and joy with Simcha, and we are dancing and joy be just because it's other, and just because we need to serve God with this joy, we merit to the ultimate dancing and singing when we go to greet Mashiach Zidkenu. Simcha paid it together, it breaks every decree, it breaks every gate and every wall, and we need to accept things with Simcha Ba'ava Be'yirah. So Gut Yom Tev, 
Een goed chedesh, chedesh teiv meveirach. And let us start to dance and sing. And no, don't worry, I'm not going to start singing. I don't know how much that would add to your joy if I did. But sing yourself. Stand up. Take a bottle in your hand. Water, of course. And dance around the table. And say, I am Besimcha, I am with the greatest joy. This week's Pasha is Pasha's Teruma. Pasha's Teruma, unlike until now, we heard throughout Chumash Bereshis, we heard Maitse Bereshis, the creation, we heard about our forefathers, we heard about the Shifta Yudke. their children, the Shvatim. We heard how they went down to exile and they all went down to Egypt and ultimately redeemed from Egypt. And we understood, and we applied some of it to our own lives. We applied some of it to our daily life, our ways of life, our walks of life, our thought patterns. We applied going out of exile, leaving Mitzrayim, everyone having their own personal exile, their own personal Mitzarim Vigvulim. We find ourselves relating to all this and understanding that Torah is not a storybook, but Torah is Lashon Heiro, is lessons. <coughs> and the Jews leave Egypt and they have Kriyas Yamsuf and they have Matan Torah, the splitting of the sea, and they have the accepting of the Torah. And then even up to last week, listening to all the laws between person and friend. It all made somewhat sense. All found a way to connect, or for myself to connect to it. Suddenly, we have a little turn and twist. We begin to learn laws that seemingly don't really have much to do with us, per se. The laws of the building of the tabernacle, of the Mishkin and the Migdash, they almost seem abstract, they almost seem like something that we don't find what would it mean? What does it mean to us? 
How does it mean to us? Okay, it tells us, Make a migdash, make a tabernacle, and I will dwell amongst you, amongst all of them. Make one tabernacle, and I'll dwell amongst them. Let's discuss, hopefully, that as well. When a person stands to pray, and we're not sure which way is east, we turn to where the temple was, or is, in Yerushalayim, Harabayis. All, all our prayers, there's a, actually, um, not debate, not, it's a discussion, whether all the tefillahs, all the prayers that the Jews make, go through the Kedesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies in the Temple, or if they go through Hebron, to the, place, the resting place of our forefathers. But regardless, Tzvilis definitely go through the Holy of Holies, as that was always the place for the Tzvila, and therefore, Shulchan Aruch tells us to face towards Yerushalayim. As the Pesach says, V'zeh Shar HaShamayim. This is the gateways of heaven. Someone who is out of Eretz Yisrael, as we said, turns towards Eretz Yisrael, which is generally east. question begs to ask question begs to ask we're davening to God. We don't daven, God forbid, heaven forbid, to anyone else, to any other entity. We're davening to God. God is not in a box. He's not in a boundary-off area. We know the Paschal Yirmiya says, "Es Hashemayim ve'Esaretz Animoli." The the heavens and the earth I fill. This is how God describes His presence. 
describes his existence. Video part two. And the prayers ourselves that we pray are considered Avedis Shebelev. Keep me score at home is Gemara Tainis Bezam and Aleph, right in the beginning. She talks about the service of the heart. That's what Tefillah is all about. A spiritual service that is not bound any which way, form, or fashion to physical boundaries and physical restraints. Video suffering boobos today. <coughs> I guess you have to pick this up on audio, folks. So, therefore, why are we seeing? Why are we hearing? Why are we being taught? that we need to daven to the Migdash, to the area of the Migdash, why is it that we're saying, or that we had, or the Taylor is teaching us and telling us how important it is to build a base HaMikdash, Vishachanti Besechem. As we said, this question also goes on what we said in our parsha: the asuli migdash v'shachanti b'seichem. Make a tabernacle for me, and I will dwell amongst them. Hakadosh Baruch Hu commands that we take gold, silver, copper. And all the other physical creations on the world, and to make from these materials, physical materials, a Mishkan for Akadish Baruchu, a dwelling place for Akadish Baruchu. For days, HaKadosh Baruch Hu established his place of existence in Yerushalayim. Why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu take the concept of Eini Mugbul, which is totally not in, within boundaries, built in Mugbul, Hishchina, and put it in a physical being, in a physical place. Rather, only through, especially through, this physical place, 
do we see the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the true essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as the Shekhinah rested on the Temple. And we see that there there is no boundaries. Actually, this is the conduit. This is the connection between the boundary world and the non-boundary world. And the only one, the only being that could do that is HaKadosh Baruch Himself. The essence of the concept, rather, of Bligvul, of something that has no boundary, needs to all of a sudden be put within a realm. One that does not have any boundary to it can't be brought into something that's only boundaries, only a square box. A square box. You can't just pack it into something. The great ocean. You look at the ocean and sometimes people say it's endless. It looks like it never ends. Which is nice, which is a good thing. But if I need to put water in a cup... I can't put the whole yam, the whole ocean, the whole river, whatever it is, the whole lake in my cup. And here we are going to take the greatness of God, which is, of course, as we know, with no boundary. not even a boundary of a boundary we don't even mention it doesn't even come into connection with the concept of the boundary something that's far far above time or place and it comes in a time where you can condense yourself we ourselves can find ourselves in the confines of time and space Whereas HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not have that. Time and space does not exist by the bleak rule. And yet, we find the connection. We find HaKadosh Baruch Hu connecting with us via an interesting conduit, a temple. The Mingdish itself had this old different measurements that we hear. And they had to be exact. All the vessels that had to be built had to be made exact. But yet, Chazal tell us. There was the courtyard of the temple. Then there was inside the sanctuary, the holy of part of the temple. And then there was the holy of holies. In the Holy of Holies, there was only one thing, the Ark, the Holy Ark. And when they built the Ark, 
you'd have to have exact measurements on etc etc the length the height the dip the depth the width but yet if you keep it score at home you yuma Chafal of Amir Aleph, 21, side 1. The Gemara Yuma tells us, Mokim Ha'oren, Einim Minamida. The place of the Oren is not Min Hamida, does not have a measurement, does not come into the measurements. Even though we just told you exactly how much the measurements were for the the Oren, the for the Ark, it didn't take up any space. When you measure from the two sides, from one wall to the other, it looked as if this did not take up any space. Are we seeing an open miracle before our eyes? Well, the truth to be told, we didn't see it. Because we aren't allowed into the Holy of Holies. It was obviously a place that only the Kohen God went into, and only on Yom Kippur. And then at that point he placed the potatoes, the incense, on the Arun. At that point he saw the two Kruvim, the Cherubim, and he knew if they were facing each other, the Jews were doing well, and if God forbid they were turned away from each other, So we find, therefore, an ark which is located within the Holy of Holies and doesn't take up any space. A physical creation built by people but yet takes on the dimensions of spirituality. thereby making that connection between the beauty, the bleak wool of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the wool of the Beis HaMikdash. So as we said before, from one side, tefillah, prayer, is Avedis HaLev, it's service that we do through our heart, from our heart. And therefore it goes higher and raises higher than anything that we have. It has no boundaries. But still in all, for it to rise up to the source, to the place where we are sending it to, it needs to go through the Migdash. The Mokim of Migdash. And this is in general the Aveda required of each and every Jew. To rest the holiness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not only through Teirah and Tefillah, but everything that we do in the world. We take everything, the most mundane objects, and we bring them for service of God. And we make them a connection with the Atmos, the essence of God Himself. As we do, as we spoke, the union of Simcha, of joy, mm-hmm. that we need to take it to that level 
beyond understanding and beyond the grasp of the human mind. How does that work? They tell a story of a group of people came to the home of a man, Meisha, I don't remember his last name, and they said to the Meisha, Shalom Aleichem, we've been trying to reach you about your auto warranty. No, not quite. We tried to reach you about your response to our ad. We hung up posters, we have an advertisement, we're looking for someone to daven for the Amid Roshanim Kippur, to be our cousin. And you responded that you're interested, but we don't hear from you. So we located you, and here we are. We came to discuss with you the terms Daven. <laughs> Needless to say, the measure was just about as shocked as you and I. He said, I uh, never applied for a job. I never called, I never anything. I don't know what you're referring to. What do you think you're referring to? However, he said, <coughs> I do have a good voice. I do daven well for the Ahmed. If you're really interested, I'll take it. And they did. They were interested, and they indeed took him. And he didn't disappoint. They were very, very pleasantly surprised. It was a, a davening that they never expected to see, to hear. So much so, they said to him, Meisha, after Yom please, we'd like you to leave this shul, the, the services every Shabbos. We'll pay you. To which he agreed. Then, he saw that the people were sitting idly and he says, let me give you a shear. And he started a shear in this and in that and in Gemara and in Yaakov. And the shul started to flourish. It started to become a community. People started to be drawn to the shul because of the chazan slash magachir. And he was getting paid very well. They were very happy, and he was very happy, and everything worked beautifully. One day, Emesh is walking in the street, and this random fellow comes over to Mr. Shalom Aleichem. Aleichem Shalom. Are you Moshe so-and-so? She says, yes. <laughs> he says, tell me something. Are you the cousin of the shul over there and there? He says, yeah. You're still there? He says, yeah. Wow. He says, what's, what's the wow? He says, you owe me a thank you. Now everybody's just scratching his head. How do I owe you a thank you? 
So I got you the job. Who are you? Where are you coming from? Is I'll tell you what happened. I saw the posters. And I was very intrigued. They're asking for a chazan. <clears throat> so, I wanted to have fun. I wanted to make a prank. And I pranked them. I called up and I said, my name is Moshe so-and-so. I didn't even know there was a person that had a name. And then I'm interested in the job. And then I hung up. And that was it. They started Moshe Zichmach, like they say. They started looking for Moshe, whatever his name, whatever your name is. I didn't even know you existed. I didn't even know you had a, you were a real name. And they found you. And it worked out. All because of my prank. So, Yomi Yishikayach, Yomi to thank you. Obviously, if Moshe was not to be <coughs> shook from it, he didn't have to really thank the person at all. He thanked him regardless, and he thought it was a very interesting story, a very intriguing way of Ashkach Pratis, how HaKadosh Baruch Hu works. He himself would never have dreamt of applying for such a job, such a position, but yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw to it that he was fit for this, and therefore saw to it that it came it chased him instead. The Pasha starts off the also the Migdash Shahanti Bisekam and the Yikhu Li Truma. Excuse me, Vasu Li Migdash to make for me. Chazal tell us Whenever it says the word li, it means perpetually. Make it for now, forever. So the word li references always perpetual existence. One of the examples, because I'll bring us, the Migdash, the Mishkin and the Migdash, says Vasuli Migdash. And here the Chazal tell us in the Yikridaba. It never moved forever, perpetually. Not this world, not the world to come. Newsflash, spoiler alert, whatever you want to call it. Look in history, and the Be'ayat and Be'ayat were destroyed. How can you say, and more so, not only the Beis HaMikdash itself was destroyed, the commandment of Asuli Mikdash does not exist in our days. We can't go and build a Mikdash. One of the explanations of the basis of this Pasuk, of the Pasuk which says, lahem the Mikdash Me'at, it will be for you, for a Mikdash Me'at, for a small Mikdash. And on this, if you keep in score at home, the Gemara Megillah of Tessam and Aleph tells us what is the Migdash Ma'at, Elubat Kenesiyes, about the Midrashis, the places of house of worship, and the house of study. It 
These places are Migdash Ma'at. And there the Shekinah rests. And through this, the world exists. <coughs> According to this explanation, we understand, the Migdash is something that exists forever. For even when there is no Beis HaMikdash standing in Yerushalayim and Arabayis, the Jews have an obligation to see to it they establish a place where they go to daven and they go to learn. Any place where there is a community of Jews. This way, we perpetuate the command which is said by the Asuli Mikdash that it will live and will be in existence forever. Another perhaps explanation can be given. The perpetual existence of the Mikdash, according to the Chazal, where the Chazal says on the Pasik that we have back also in Shemais, here in our Pasha, also the Mikdash It doesn't say in it but it says within them. As I said before, we would try to elaborate on what that means. Why does it say, Vasul Yimigdash, like one temple, and I'll dwell amongst them? Them should be welcome at Chodesh Tov to Georgia. Why does it say within them and not within it? It tells us because each and every Jew. Which means to tell us that every Jew is commanded to make within themselves a base hamigdash, a holy temple for Hakadosh Baruch Hu, in order to be, fulfill the commandment. And we don't need how many Jews to be there. Each and every Jew on his own is their own entity can establish within themselves their own body, their own place of Torah and Tefillah. And through this they make a Migdash and a Mishkan for HaKadosh Baruch Hu in their own private domain. There's no conditions. Not a time, not a place. And therefore it's perpetual. But I, I, I do this and I do that and I say this and I talk this and I talk that and I, I act this way, I act that way and I don't always eat the right things and I don't always... The perpetuality of making it and making us what we need to reach, reach and achieve is within us that we are aware and that we know <clears throat> when we have a Shabbos to try to keep a Shabbos, when we have a kosher to try to keep kosher, when we have a mitzvah that comes to our hand, mitzvah baliyadi al tachmitzeno, a mitzvah that comes to our hand, to our capability, to our capacity, we do it. And we do it at an umpteenth level. We don't leave any stones to unturned. And we make sure that if it's a random person off the street, or if it's a person that I almost semi-related to because of whatever relations there might have been within my family connected to that person and I connect and I do and I feel and I reach out to that person I am doing the best that I can to my capacity another thing 
in the Migdash generally, there were three beams. On this, the Taylor stood. On this, the, the temple stood. Tera, which is the Arn and the Luches, and the Sanhedrin that sat in Lishkas Agazes, the Ark, the tablets, and the high courts that sat in the part of the Mishkan, the is called Lishkas Agazes. There's the Aveda, the service, which is the Aveda Sakabanas and Tfila the sacrifices and their prayers, which, as mundane as it sounds, being a sacrifice to an Almighty who has everything and is never and has no end, and yet He's satisfied, and yet you can appease, and yet you can achieve, ascertain levels by bringing this animal and having the animal slaughtered, having the blood sprayed on the, the, on the altar, having the fats being burnt, giving the kahanim in some cases food to eat. And this ultimately, this Aveda, is a service which we now compensate with our lips by saying and repeating, learning and davening the words pertaining to these sacrifices. And the third pillar, Gemilas Chasadim. The flowing kindness that went out from the Beis Hamikdash through the Shulchan and the poor, the tzedakah for the poor that was given. This too, as it was in the Beis Hamikdash, the Teira Avedik Chasadim, this too is in our private Mishkan that we make within our own home. Each and every Jew has within themselves. They need to see to it that they furbish, furnish and con- construct these pillars within ourselves to learn Taylor there, to daven by saying brachas, even things that are not done necessarily with a minion. Our morning brachas our uh, brachas on food that we eat, brachas of food after we eat, and giving of tzedakah, whether it's a tzedakah box in your house, or to going out and having guests, bringing guests into your house, whatever form, fashion of tzedakah, and this way we make our private house a mishkan and a migdash v'kadosh and this is the preparation for the building of the Bayez Hashlishi, a house which will exist and last forever. But when we say forever, we mean literally forever and ever. It be as Mashiach
said before, there was on top of the ark, and the top of the ark was the Keruvim. And the Torah tells us, and within that back, within the ark, was also the Luches Habris. And the Keruvim were made out of gold, one piece. They had the two ends of the ark. What were these Keruvim? Some ex- some commentaries in Teda have different opinions. Rashi himself explains they had the face of a child. The Ramban says the Kruvim had the faces of Merkava that Yecheskel saw. It says in Kadosh Baruch Hu Yeshev HaKruvim until Sorry, back in Shmulalov, Shmulbez. Rashi is a little deviating from the Gemara, which says the Kruvim were the child of a boy and a girl. A, an infant, male and female. And they stood with Ava, one facing the other, Representing the love of the Kaddish Baruch Hu to the Jewish nation, and the Gemara says, "Kishay Yisrael El Leregel." When the Eden came to be El Leregel three times a year, they came to come to the temple. They roll up the Bereches, and they would be shown the Kruvim facing one another. They said, "How dear it is for a Kaddish Baruch Hu." So we understand that these kruvim, these two kruvim, from within them, sorry, came out a voice of God to Mesha Rabbeinu. And Baruch would say to Mesha, I spoke to you, spoke to you from without, beyond the curtains, from between the two kruvim. Saying that the Shekinah actually rested in this very, very space. The difference in explanations of Rashi and Ramban shows the essence between the different, the different, an essential difference between the two. Rashi is Pshut Shemikra, simple explanation which comes out from the regular basis of what the Torah is telling us. Ramban goes to a little more deep and depth and secrets of Torah. Therefore, the Ramban says the Kruvim as we say, in a deeper sense, in a more hidden, esoterical explanation, that they looked like the Markova. The Markova that Yecheskel saw. Whereas Rashi explains simply parts of Tinuk, face of a child. However, Rashi himself, in his explanation of Pshut Shamikra, goes even deeper than that between the connection between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Jew. Chazal say the Machshava of Am Yisrael, the thoughts of the Jewish nation, are prior to the Machshava on Which means God's love to the Jewish nation is higher than He has love to the Teda and the form of a connection with Am Yisrael through Teda. Baruch Hu loves unconditionally 
Am Yisrael, like a father loves a child. Not depending on anything that the person, the child does. Unconditional. And this comes the lesson of the Kruvim that stood before on top of the Arun. That there the Torah was given, and this therefore is the connection, the inner connection that we see from the essence between Am Yisrael and Kaddish Baruch Hu that stands from even above Torah. Here we see therefore that the Kapar of Am Yisrael comes from where? From the Kruvim and their service in which they have presented before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. For If the Eden, if God forbid, we said before, the Jews sinned and they went against the Vritera, the connection still remained between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Eden like a connection between a father and a child. And this we see in the word Kapoides, which comes from the word Kapora, forgiveness. Therefore the Kapoides and the Kruvim forgive the Jewish nation all the inequities or shortcomings and shortfalls that the Jewish nation have been put through and done. May we be forgiven clearly as we go with the Simcha of Mishaniklas Adam Ab Simcha and we dance true joy and true happiness. Simcha Mitis Vashtema Ide Mashiach Kenu Bikarev Mamish Mamish Yushalaimira Kedish the Shabbos Shabbat Shalom to all.